0: Welcome to the Dancing Squirrel Tacos Podcast. I'm your host, Heather Bremer, and it's great to be back with you for episode two. We've got an excellent guest joining us this week, but before we get to that, I wanted to talk to you about the fall TV lineup. Now, I know that network TV might be passe for some of you. You'd rather be binging the entire season of a show as soon as it's released on Netflix than wait for an episode each week. But there's still some really good network TV out there. Every year, my husband, George, and I sit down with the list of the false news shows and pick out which ones we're willing to squeeze into our already packed lineup of weekly watches. We read the descriptions, look at the actors, and pick out the ones we'll watch together, others that he'll watch on his own, and shows that are just for me. Now, sometimes we find that shows jump around in those categories. I think the best example of this is Big Bang Theory. It was a show I picked out for me he had no interest in, but I got him to watch a few episodes, and being the geeks that we are, it of course became one of our favorite shows. Now, like I said, we don't have a lot of room in our lineup. I'm still 20 episodes behind on New Amsterdam, which is a show I absolutely adore, even though it utterly, utterly destroys me every week. I mean, it's like the writer watched the Breach Baby episode of ER, and said, hold my beer, I'm going to do this every single week. So that being said, it takes a lot to earn a spot on our DVR, and so far this fall, there's three shows that have become must-see TV for me. The first is Bob Hart's Abishola. It stars Bob Gardell, who you probably know from Mike and Molly, and I am going to pronounce this wrong, so please forgive me, but I'm going to try my best it's a sweet comedy about two people from very different worlds who meet when Bob, or Bob, as Abishola would say, has a heart attack. Uh, it's written by Chuck Lorre. He's the brilliant mind behind Big Bang Theory and Mom, which is another show you have to watch, except that it will make you sad each week. And as all good Chuck Lorre shows do, it tackles hot-button themes like immigration, immigration, equality, and racism. I highly recommend it. You'll get a kick out of it. It will touch your heart. It's on Mondays at 8.30 on CBS. Now, directly following Bob Hart's Abishola at 9 on CBS is All Rise. This is a show I knew nothing about until we saw it as it came on after that first episode of Bob Hart's Abishola. It's a courtroom drama that follows a lot of the traditional courtroom drama tropes, But it still doesn't seem like a retread of some of its courtroom counterparts. Simone Missick stars as newly appointed Judge Lola Carmichael. Now, you might recognize Simone as Misty Knight from the Defenders and Luke Cage series. There's also another comic book show alum in Jessica Camacho, who played Gypsy on Flash. She is a young, tough public defender who will do anything for her clients. You'll definitely end up rooting for her in the courtroom, and in her budding relationship with Luke Watkins. He's a bailiff who's working on his law degree, and he's kind of inspired by her. He's played by Jay Alex Brinson. Wilson Bethel is also in the cast. He was also in four seasons of Heart of Dixie. He plays Mark Callan, and his relationship with Judge Carmichael is one of my favorite things about the show. He's a DA, and it's obvious they have a long history together and that they're very close friends. But there's never a hint of sexual tension between the two of them. They're both in relationships. They seem to be happy being just best friends. Even though the relationship is a little more complicated now that they're on different sides of the bench. It's just really refreshing to see that kind of relationship on TV where a man and a woman can be friends without there always being the will they won't they between them. And the final show I wanted to mention is Stumptown. This is probably my favorite new show of the season, and maybe of those in our rotation. It's based on a Greg Recca graphic novel. Greg Rucka, by the way, is an absolutely brilliant writer who is particularly fantastic at writing strong female characters. Check out his runs on Marvel's Elektra to see what I mean. Anyway, Stumptown stars Colby Smalders as Dex, a military veteran who is pretty good at getting the info one way or another, She needs on cases that the police can't or won't touch. She sets out to become a private investigator. And this role is a great combination of Smulder's most famous roles, the sarcastic and scrappy Robin Shabatsky and kick-butt S.H.I.E.L.D. agent Maria Hill. I really think this could be a breakout role for Kobe and make her a household name. It also stars Jake Johnson, who you probably know from New Girl and from Jurassic World, He plays Gray, Dex's unlikely best friend. There's also Michael Ely as Detective Miles Hoffman, who was fantastic on the all-too-short-lived Almost Human, and Cole Sibis, who is an actor with Down syndrome, who plays Dex's brother Ansel. Oh, and let's not forget, Cameron Mannheim is in this show too. The character development has been so tremendous in the first couple episodes of Stumptown. We know who Dex is. She's struggling to get by. She's trying to take care of her brother, and it's all made worse by her PTSD. We know what motivates her, money, all too often alcohol, and the people that she loves. But I love that they've left enough mystery about her to keep you coming back each week to follow her through each of her cases. Stumptown airs on Wednesdays at 10 p.m. on ABC, and I highly suggest you check it out you will not be disappointed. If you love cop shows, if you love crime shows, if you like strong female leads, this is definitely the show for you. All right, I think it's about time to move on to our guest of the week. He's playing Seymour Krillborn in the Beef and Boards production of Little Shop of Horrors, which is perfect for the Halloween season. When we come back, we'll talk with Joey Booze. Stay tuned. We're back on the Dancing Squirrel Tacos podcast, and our guest this week is Joey Booth, who stars as Seymour Krillborn in The Little Shop of Horrors, on stage through November 17th at Beef and Boards Dinner Theater. I had the opportunity to see the show this past weekend, and it was an absolute blast. So, Joey, it's a pleasure to have you on our show.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be here.
0: I understand this is actually the second time you've played Seymour?
1: It is. It is. Um, I played the role back when I was 18 years old, so um, it's been a few years. Um, but yeah, I did it when I was 18 back home at my local community theater one summer, so I'm excited to get the chance to do it again professionally.
0: Little Shop of Horrors is a sci-fi horror comedy smash-up, uh, which is based off a 1960 film by Roger Corman. Uh, during the heyday of drive-in theaters when everybody was wanting to see those horror films and action films up on the screen. Um, It's been on Broadway, off-Broadway, and made into a 1986 film starring Rick Moranis as Seymour. But for those who might be unfamiliar with its premise, can you give us a little synopsis of the show?
1: Sure. Um, So the show is kind of about um, this meek, shy um, florist worker, Seymour Crowborn. Um, He's working at a florist shop in kind of like a run-down area of town called Skid Row, um, and he finds this um, new, strange, and interesting plant that he stumbles upon, um, and he um, decides to try to use this plant to try to create business for um, the florist shop. And over time, this tiny little plant grows and grows, and he discovers that it's, what it needs to keep growing is blood. Um so it's this kind of crazy story and there's a he's in love with his other worker, Audrey, who's kind of um um a sweet, ditzy, funny blonde and um the Mr Mushnick who owns the shop kind of is the um this funny character who decides to try to be his dad because he has this amazing plant that's creating such a booming business and um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't want to give away the ending of this show, but um, it's quite a crazy ride as the plant gets bigger and bigger and has more power over Seymour. And it's also a story about love as well um, with him and Audrey. So,
0: so you said Seymour is kind of meek and shy, and he cares about other people probably more than they care about him. How did, <laughs> yes. you, how did you relate to him the first time you played him, and is it different this time?
1: Yes, um, so I think that him and I have a few things in common. Um, I can tend to be a little like shy and meek at times, so I do connect that not as much as him, but um also, he would do like probably anything for the ones he loves. and um, I relate with that too because I' have such a big I have such a big heart, and um I would do anything for my family and friends, and I think that that's something big that I can relate with him is he has a very big heart. Um, and it is a little different playing it this time now that I'm 27. Um, I've lived, you know, a little bit more of life since 18 and, and I've had more experiences and different things from my own personal life that I could pull from, um, to kind of play this character. It's kind of helped living a little bit more and, and going through things, um, to kind of more fully understand Seymour, um, than I did when I was 18, I would say.
0: There's some really great music throughout the show, and I've been singing the little Shop of Horrors doo-wop since Saturday, <laughs> it's probably annoying all of my co-workers. Uh, which song do you find the most challenging, and which is your favorite?
1: Ooh, um, I love them all. They're so, so good. I would have to say the hardest song for me might be um, the, the Dentist, the song I sing with the Dentist, the Now song. Um, And it's hard just because there's so many words and it's um, it's very fast and very wordy. And one of the hardest things is, you know, trying to catch my breath but still tell the story and hoping the audience can hear every single word that I'm saying, even though it's very fast and um, very wordy. Um, My favorite song would have to be Suddenly Seymour. Um, It's just such, it's so fun to sing with Jenny Reber, who plays Audrey. Um, And it's kind of the point in the show where... Both the characters finally, like, reveal the way they feel about each other, and that moment of love just kind of, like, explodes between them, and um, it's also just a very catchy song, and we sing it together as well, and with the, the three um, urchin doo-wop girls sing with us, and it's just a really great, great piece of music. I also love the Little Chapel 4's opening number with the three urchins. It's just so catchy, and, and it's um kind of iconic, so. Those would have to be some of some of my favorites.
0: This isn't your first show at Beef and Boards. You were in Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, correct?
1: Yes, I was. That was last year, around this time as well, so about a year ago.
0: What about Beef and Boards uh, brought you back?
1: Um,
0: it's it's just such a
1: great place to work for for a lot of reasons. Um, I would say the number one reason is is the people. Um, I feel like the people you work with make a huge difference. Um, And the people here have been so welcoming and just so kind and so professional as well. Um, In both shows that I've done here, it's just been such a great experience um, with every single person that I've met and worked with. They've been so helpful and just so willing to to do anything for you. and then again, like I said, it's been very professional, it's been very organized, um, and it's just been such a joy to work on a dream show of mine at a dream theater. Like I couldn't think of a better a better team to work with or a better place to perform um, to perform in this show. It's just been such a joy.
0: As you said, this is kind of a dream show for you. What other yes. productions would you like to take part of? What's that role out there that you would love to have?
1: Oh, that's so hard. I feel like I feel like that I uh, have so many, but I feel like um one of another dream show of mine would be a chorus line. Um, I, I'm also a dancer as well. And now, Little Shop isn't too much of a dancey show for Seymour, but um, um, I'm also a big dancer, so a chorus line has always been one of those shows that I have always dreamed of doing. Um, for the story and as well as the choreography in the show. Um so that that's kind of one of them. I also would love to do um the twenty fifth annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, which is another fun character um, charactery musical. Um so yeah, those would be two of my of my top dream shows, I would have to say.
0: How about sci-fi or horror? Do you like that type of entertainment? Or are there any other of those roles that you would like to play?
1: Um, I do, I do. Um I I did um the Rocky Horror Picture Show a few years ago, which is a kind of another <laughs> sci-fi horror type musical. Um, and that one and Little Shop have kind of been like the two experiences that I have had with, um, that genre. And they've both just been so fun. Um, and I, and I really do have, kind of fun playing that sci-fi fantasy world and then putting that with, with some kind of like rock music. It's just, it's, it's a blast.
0: So after watching the show, a question occurred to me, you have a great singing voice, and I think that shines through a lot in your character, but I was wondering if you alter it at all for Seymour, because I know his uh, speaking voice when you're on stage is a little different from your own voice, and so then when you're singing, do you try to alter your singing voice as well, or is, it just, is that just your voice?
1: Thank you. Um, that's what so nice of to to say. <laughs> yeah. um, Yes, so it, it's interesting. I kind of naturally have like a like a placement to my voice where it's a little, I guess I would say like a little nasally. Um, so that kind of works for for my type and like the character I play, which are kind of along the same lines as Seymour. Um, but I but I definitely do um, do a little bit of a character voice. I do speak a little higher, and, um, and that kind of translates into the singing as well. But um, it, it's been it's been nice because it's kind of like in my in my wheelhouse of where my singing voice sits as well. Um, so I, I do alter it a little bit. For but for the most part, it's it, it's been um, nice to be able to sing the songs in a in a way that works for my voice. And my voice is um, a little higher and a little nasally. So yeah, it's it's kind of like a mixture of both Joey and Seymour for sure. But But um, it's definitely kind of the way I sing, and it's working for the show and his songs and his character.
0: Now, I read somewhere that the show has inspired you guys to have a plant of your own backstage. You aren't afraid that it's (laughs) going to get some ideas and plot world domination? (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes, yes. Our um, our Audrey Jenny Reber found the cutest little Venus flytrap, and his name is Arnold Von Trap. And um, she brought him from the first day of rehearsal, and he's he's traveled along with us to the, to the rehearsal space to the theater. And um, yeah, he's a cute little plant. But I'm hoping he stays little and does not need blood to grow. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you don't want
1: to be wearing no any Seymour's band No, no, no. I'm hoping no no plans of world conquest are, are occurring.
0: <laughs> so what's next for you after Little Shop of Horse?
1: So next, I'm actually staying here um, in Indianapolis at Beef and Moors, and I'm going to be doing a Christmas story here. So I'll be here through the end of the year, and I'm so excited.
0: Yeah, I know the community is really excited for that story that, you know, is uh, based here in Indiana. So that'll be exciting. Uh, So, Joey, thanks for joining us on Dancing Squirrel Tacos. Before you go, I'd like to play a little game uh, with each of our guests. It evolved from the way that our podcast was named, which Dancing Squirrel Tacos is a little odd, but uh, (laughs) so are you game to play with us? Of course. Okay. So the first question, there's three questions, and the first one is, what's something you enjoy doing that, or that you're good at that people wouldn't expect?
1: Oh, I love to bake. I have a big sweet tooth, um, and especially around the fall season, making a bunch of, like, pumpkin and cinnamon things. Um, I just I love to bake.
0: Okay. Uh, what's your favorite animal?
1: My favorite animal is a squirrel.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Uh, And what's your favorite food? My favorite food? Ooh, I would have to say pasta.
0: (laughs) Okay, so if you have a production company or you come up with a podcast and you need to find a name, the name should be Baking Squirrel Pasta.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love it.
0: (laughs) That's a good one. Okay, well, Joey, thank you again for joining us. You can see Joey S. Seymour through November 17th at Beef and Boards Dinner Theater in Indianapolis. You can visit beefandboards.com for more information. And when we come back, we'll talk about some of my favorite Halloween traditions and reveal next week's guest. Stay tuned. We're back on the Dancing Squirrel Tacos podcast. Thanks again to Joey Booze for joining us on the show. If you can, get out to see Little Shop of Horrors. It's really a great way to celebrate the Halloween season. Speaking of celebrating Halloween, spooky season is definitely my favorite season of them all. And I wanted to share with you some of my favorite Halloween traditions. First of all, I go all out when it comes to decorating my yard. A friend of mine the other day was laughing at me because I was debating whether adding another element to my front yard would mess up the story I'm trying to tell with the decorations. She just thought that was absolutely silly, but it's important to me that there's a theme to the overall look. I've got a nine-foot-tall dragon who guards the front yard, and he's holding dominion over the 13 graves that are found there. He's a really good watchdog. And the bones at his feet will tell you that he does not tolerate trespassers. He also guards this mystic portal that's swirling behind him. I don't know where it goes, and I'm not really sure I want to find out. In addition to decorations, I love finding the perfect costume for Halloween. In my opinion, you're never too old to dress up. I love dressing up to go to comic cons. Cosplay, I think, is fantastic to celebrate your favorite shows, your favorite movies, and characters. Uh, it's its a great way to just get away from everything for a little while. I haven't landed on a solid idea for this year's look yet, but I'm a big fan of punny costumes. Last year uh, for our work contest, I was a witch doctor, complete with a green face and pointy hat, stethoscope, and scrubs. I've been the cat's pajamas And that, by far, was the most comfortable costume I've worn. I just had cat ears, tail, and nose paired with pajamas. And then I've also done a blood-sucking lawyer named I'm a Vamp, who was really pale, absolutely terrified her dentist, and liked to bleed her clients dry. Now, some people who love spooky season like I do are big fans of horror movies, and I am not one of those people I have an eidetic memory, so images seem to stick in my brain and never, ever go away. And I guarantee every time I go into a basement, I can still see in my mind's eye that scene from Blair Witch Project where the guy is turned around facing the wall and then, you know, everything goes black. So yeah, I stay away from most horror movies. Uh, But during this time of year, I do like to break out Practical Magic and Hocus Pocus, Adam's Family, Ghostbusters 1 and 2, usually three or four times during the month, And, of course, Nightmare Before Christmas. You know what I love about Nightmare is that each generation kind of sees it as this cult movie Its generation has discovered and fallen in love with. And it's been out for 25 years, and there's just so many people that count it among their favorite movies. And I think that just shows you the quality and the freshness and the ingenuity that went into that film. So I think that's it for episode two of Dancing Squirrel Tacos. Check us out each week on your favorite podcasting platforms and follow at Squirrel in a Tutu on Twitter for updates about upcoming guests or to give us feedback on the show. We'd love to hear from everyone. Our guest next week will be Ashley Petrie who released a book called Secret Indianapolis. She's going to let us in on the answers to some of those secrets, including where you can find the disappearing painting in Indianapolis and what caused the Great Squirrel Invasion of 1822. Can't wait to hear the answer to that one. So until next time, remember, we're all stories in the end. Make it a good one.